Now, I mean, this is the thing, like, I try to approach it as you can discuss anything. Because to me, anything's interesting. Especially because I always like it when people bring me things which are a little and I have never heard of. And they'll, they'll just get really excited about it. Like, I had my friend Nathan on who watches a lot of reality TV. Yeah. And I don't watch any reality TV. Oh, so God, he basically no, just told that. me about reality TV for a good a good hour. <laughs> we just sat and he told me about the shows and what they were about and what he watches them. And, yeah. There you go. Exactly. Hello, Pooch. I, um... I thought... Um, I, was, I was thinking the other day. Um, am I just really weird? Because... Okay. What I... <laughs> Yeah, she she loves That's anyone. Fine. She loves men, uh, basically. Uh, ironically, uh, she loves men. Um, she uh, anyone with a beard, she actually goes for. Um, I did not give you sugar, did I? Hey, don't worry. I've always thought I was really strange because um, I watch a lot of documentaries. Okay. And I'm not talking like a lot of people will go for like, oh yeah, I watch serial killer documentaries and stuff like that. Like, that's pretty, like, a lot of people do that. Yeah, yeah, that's fairly normal. But what I tend to watch is just literally anything and everything. If it's got a voiceover, if it's got like a, like a, a specialist person who's investigating something, I absolutely love it. That is my Netflix. Okay. That is my like, oh, kick back and chill. Yeah. For some bizarre reason... It's like that learning element, that kind of discovery element that I have never wanted to lose. Yeah. So you're kind of educating yourself. Yeah. But through sitcoms and, and drama. <laughs> Maybe no. not so much sitcoms. No. <laughs> but like if, um, I don't know, it can literally be, I'm, you know, the, the, the majority of the BBC4 like um, uh, coverage in terms of uh, the the of iPlayer, yeah. I have like trolled through that because it's literally it's like eye crack, brain crack. I can't get yeah. enough of it, and I don't I don't understand why uh, I'm like this. When people are like, "Oh yeah, have you seen the show?" and I'm like, "Nope, I was uh, I was watching a documentary about the history of mental health hospitals." Uh, <laughs> you know, blah blah blah. It's just how it is. I mean, I do that. I do that with YouTube though. I get yeah. into a YouTube spiral of watching things and doing things. And it's like it's like how it's made. Oh. I could watch that for days. Oh, man. Days on oh, end. God, Literally yeah. days on end I could watch how it's made. And you know, I have no idea why. <laughs> I have no we, interest in half the problem. It's kind of like, do you remember, um, uh, probably aging myself slightly here, but you know when like Sky first became a thing? Yeah. And you suddenly, suddenly got more than five channels. And it was amazing. And the amount of terrible, terrible television that you could watch. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, it was just... It was, re- it was repetitive. It was shallow. It was um, ridiculous. But it was incredible because yeah. you could spend hours and hours watching reruns of, well, how it's made, but also, um, you know, various other different bits and bobs. Everyone has a guilty pleasure. Oh, yeah. But I never feel guilty this. <laughs> Well, okay. Especially about TV. Do you know what? I will just watch crap. The the thing that I love um, is um, two things. One, theories and stuff, as okay. in, say, like, Harry Potter fan theories, right, yeah, things okay. like that. Various different fan theories. I love that because yeah. I love it when people get so involved. And I love the idea that people are creating links in, like, from, from canon to whatever they think. Yeah. Um, 
and also there's there's one uh, sip series that I really um, I really like, and it's um, a thousand degree ball versus. Okay, yeah, I've seen. Okay, that's kind of like um, this, like one which is pneumatic press. Yeah. Versus. Yeah. And, and hot ball versus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's, it's yeah, yeah. It's like this is and mesmerizing. I don't know why this. It's, an, it's incredible. So they'll have they'll have three products, three three things yeah. that they test um, test a, a, a thousand degree ball against. Yeah. Um, and it's all like blah, 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 don't don't try that any whatever, um, and it's just. I could just have that on a loop. Yeah. What is it about the human mind that makes that so satisfying? I think it's just rampant curiosity. I think it's anything we're presented with, we just kind of, we, we have to sit and think, even if you've no interest in it, something about knowing how that works. Yeah. And, and having that information makes you feel a little better about everything. Yeah. It having that yeah. little... Again, I think it's it's almost that um, it's childlike curiosity mixed with your sort of adult ability and want to understand. Yeah. Um, and then sort of tapping into the fact that you, you know, from, from the age of uh, four, potentially, you've been in education and then yeah. it's that kind of you're used to learning. As a human being, you have to learn something else every day. So yeah. it taps into that. Okay. I can see that. I think, I mean, we've dived right in here. You said you didn't have a subject, and we, we've we've full on got a subject. Yeah, pretty much. Of curiosity. But we've already started recording. Have we? Yeah. Douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> Douchebag. <laughs> we'll cut in, and I will introduce you. Okay, yes. Yeah, sure. Elizabeth. And I, I did have a thought earlier that I don't actually know what you do. I know you're a <laughs> photographer. <laughs> okay. Because like my first question is always, how long have we known each other? Which we have, is... We've known each other um, for a few weeks. Yeah, like a month. Yeah. Since Women in the Arts extravaganza showcase. Basically. I've known of you yeah, for a while. Yeah, likewise, because we share mutual friends. Mutual friends yeah. and, you know, social media and things like that. I'm like, yeah. hey, there's that beardy guy. Hmm. And he's got a podcast. Nice. <laughs> Basically, that was my thought process. I mean, that, that, that works. Great. Yeah. There's yeah. that lady with the nice hair. She's got a camera. And I'm Yay! Like, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Hasn't always been nice hair. Sometimes it's horrifying hair. I mean, yeah, it's better than mine. Mine does whatever it wants. <laughs> yeah, but you've got that kind of rugged thing about it. It's really, it's just fluff at the moment. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's charming fluff. Okay. Charming fluff. Charming fluff. Yeah. That Average. is the name of my <laughs> album. Charming fluff. Charming fluff, yeah. I feel like that needs like charming fluff and the something. Charming fluff and the Jarrison. That could work. Yeah. Needy Jarrison. I see, um, for anyone listening to this, if you hear dog sounds, it's because we have a dog today. We do. Um, yeah. She's getting lots of fuss on she my is. knee because she's a princess. How long have you had her? Um, about well, I say that I've had it for three and a half years, but I've been saying that for quite a while now. <laughs> so, um, I do that. I'm always yeah. like, it happened five years ago. That's it. Five years ago, for the last three years. It's like you know when you um, you know when you say, oh, you know when I was ten, blah, yeah. blah, blah, and it's always when you're ten. Yeah. Always. When you're ten. Like oh, everything when happened you're 16, when you were ten. And you yeah. Say, everything oh, happened when you were sixteen. 
Yeah. Is that that physically can have happened when you were 16? Is it? Like, no. But are you sure? Though? That seems like it happened when I was 16. Because I feel like there are finite amounts of time, where periods of time, where you can um, assume that something happened in your life. Yeah. You've kind of got a memory of it, or you do have a memory of it, but you have no concept of how old you actually were. So you're either 10, yeah. 16, or when you were 18. Because 18, a lot happens. Yeah. I feel like that's going to happen when I hit 35. Okay. Again, I feel like everything will have happened in my 20s. Yeah. You'll hit me 35 and you'll think, oh no, that happened when I was, I must have been 22, 23. And yeah. you'll be like, no, you, you were like 28. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no way around. I'm, I made those bad decisions when I was older. I see. You can use that as well. <laughs> but anyway, back to the point. So what do you actually do? <laughs> okay, so back, going back to the point. To give you, give you an Okay, so I'm session. one of those... I'm one of those people where I do as a day job something very different to what I have trained in and then also or educated myself in okay. um, and then also what I do on the side. So so what do you, what do you classify, what would you like to classify yourself as? Because I have quite a few people who do that. They yeah. work in one thing but then I class like, like Mel. Mm. Melissa works at a hotel. Yeah. But I classify her as a poet and performer, yep. an artist, and mm-hmm. I think that's what she'd like to be classified as. So, what would you like to be classified as? Photographer and creative. Yeah. I like the umbrella term of creative. Creative is a great term. <laughs> oh, it's amazing because you can literally you can go anywhere. Yeah. With it. Um, yeah, um, I think that's a that's a good way of describing it. Um, what I actually do is I work in software. So, okay. I mean, that's that's really... Whew, that's creative. No. Um, but, um, yeah, in terms of in terms of what I what I do and more who I am... Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely the creative side. I think if I... Um, uh, I don't think you actually... I don't think I physically could survive... Uh, being in a job that isn't creative no. and then not being creative outside of that. Yeah, I, I definitely get that. I remember yeah. vividly having a conversation with my GCSE art teacher because yeah. we were discussing what I was going to do at college. Yeah. And I said to her, I was thinking about doing um, philosophy and mm-hmm. English. And then I was thinking about law and I was going through a lot of things that different mm-hmm. people wanted. And she said, take a creative subject. Yeah. And I said, but that doesn't help me in terms of learning law in any way, shape or form. And she was adamant about it because she said that the amount of students she had who studied art, enjoyed art, yeah. and then went and did something academic and yeah. dropped out because they hated it and yeah. had no outlet was numerous. And so I eventually caved and did medium, <laughs> medium and fine art. Hey, but, <laughs> but that means you actually follow something that you, you enjoyed and yeah. you're passionate about. And um, there's so many times where I think people are pushed towards the academic because um, there's a lot of, uh, sort of tendency to think, well, that's that's great, that's something you enjoy, but it's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. It's not going to get you a job, it's not going to get you the um, the pay packet at the end of the month yeah. type of thing. Um, I mean, I was explicitly told by, um, well, when I was deciding the, at my... At, just after my GCSEs and deciding what I was going to do and also deciding what I was going to do for uni, um, my mum said to me, yeah, okay, you like photography, but do photography after a proper degree. Right. 
which was a bit of a kick in the face. Um, but I, I get where she was coming from. Yeah. I get yeah. where she was coming from in terms of, you know, um, her lifestyle has been built off the back of hard work, administration stuff, yeah. um, the, the business sense that she's had, things like that. I understand that. And I, and I, wanting sort of the, wanting your child to make, sh- wanting your child to not starve and have money, you know, yeah, is, is one big, big thing. That's a big part of it, yeah. yeah. Flip side of that is that if there's not a creative outlet, then it can be all kinds of frustrating. Yeah, I could see that. I think I, I've kind of had a similar, not a similar thing in the sense of, of being told to do a proper degree, but essentially I, I remember talking to my dad about it because my dad was very artistic, but he never did art mm. because he like likewise had quite a rough upbringing, did an apprenticeship, worked at the steelworks for his entire life. Yeah. And he kind of just turned to me and said, if you want to do creative stuff, yeah. find a way to make money. You know, find a way to take what you love doing and but in a business sense. Yes. So when I looked at courses, I, I did contemporary lens media, but I was looking at advertising and yes. commercial photography mm-hmm. courses because it was very down the lines of this needs to be a job. Yeah. It's, there needs to be yeah. a pay packet at the end of it. There needs to be something which will support me whilst I do what I want yes. to do. And, and yeah, but I think that that's just parents. Worrying. I think it's parents in general. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's always sort of like yeah, looking at the end goal. Um, but then it kind of, it took her by surprise a little bit when I started to get recognition for some of the photos I'd taken. And also when I got, say, um, when I got commissioned to take photography for people and businesses and things like that. I mean, I've blown it slightly out of proportion. Like, I've done done a couple of jobs for um, a couple of people and done some sort of corporate stuff. Um, And most of why I do it is just because I I love photography and I love playing about with the different different things but um the idea that what i did photography wise was worth actual money yeah was a big concept for my mum to kind of like get around to and i was like yes because it actually pays to do these things it actually the the you know the amount of times on family holidays when i was um I was younger and I was like, I want to play with the camera. I want to take the photos. Um, It's actually meant it's worth something. You know? Kind of intrinsically trained from from very young to Oh, I was that that really annoying person where... Family holidays, right? So think of, I don't know, Prague, something like that. And um, and, or even sort of your your beach kind of holidays. And I would get so bored of just sitting in the sun and I would want to just go out and go explore and go take photos we had a, at one point we had a, a little Olympus um teeny tiny camera that had the tiniest little sort of inch squared screen yeah. um and um I'd, I'd be um just saying like I want to take it I want to go out yeah. um and um yeah and that turned into me getting a camera eventually turned into me buying a DSLR um, because I could and it was absolutely what I wanted to do um, and that turned into actual sort of monetary gain yeah. in terms of this like. but most I of it is creative so nice when someone has managed to do that 
Because when I was when I was little, all I did was draw. Yeah. And in like holidays, I'd, I'd draw and occasionally I'd pick up a camera, but it was always my classic was there's so many photographs which I've I've been in a museum or a gallery or somewhere, and I've taken a photograph of something behind glass, and there's just me and a large flash, and that's the yeah, entire oh, photograph, man, yeah. and there's not much you can really do outside of that, and I kind of I never had an interest in photography until. Yeah. I went to college and I did my photography and my dad gave me his film SLR and from that point on I was a photographer that's yeah. that's what I was doing and I, I completely abandoned illustration really? and drawing and anything like that because I was doing fine art I was doing media yeah. and I was doing photography so everything was video film yeah all that kind of thing and did that at uni and it was only after uni that I kind of dropped back to doing illustration I never followed it all the way through and it's, yeah, it's always nice to meet someone who's just kind of rolled it, rolled I, it on I, a little bit. See, it's, it's good and it's bad at the same time. Yeah. I kind of have a different perspective on it in a way. Yeah. Like I, I 100% I appreciate yeah. that perspective, and that's quite nice to hear that, that that's appreciated in a way. But um, I always feel a little bit like I've never had the guts to go whole hog. Like mm-hmm. I've never had the guts to go, no, I'm not doing this. I want to go fully fledged into photography or anything like that. Um, but also is... Um, the dog's eating something random. Um, uh, but also I kind of feel like I'm worried about either getting bored or not doing well enough. Okay, yeah. yeah. Because um, I ha- tend to have quite high standards of myself. Right. Uh, which I think everyone, in terms of their own um, work and things like that, I think it's, it's quite a common thing. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I want to make sure... I want to make sure that I can apply myself um, in, a, in a way that where I don't get bored, I'm always occupied, my brain's always going. Um, and so, you know, maybe there does need to be that mix of um, strategy, academia, um, structure, problem solving. Yeah. And then on the other hand, you've got your creative side, your poetry, your spoken word, your... Um, your um, creativity or uh, photography yeah and maybe that's maybe that's enough maybe yeah. it's not enough maybe yeah. it is enough I um, you know to you're be not honest, quite you figured that out yet. I yeah I, have, I haven't <laughs> figured that out I don't think I'm going to figure it out for a while and do you know what I'm okay with that yeah I'm okay you're with that you're in no rush for that that's, that's, that's good that's a better way to be than I think that's, that's a better way to live than chasing something chasing that that satisfaction yeah because a lot of people chase it and then never find it and yeah. they get really really bogged down in that idea that they can't they can't achieve what they've got in their mindset yeah rather than thinking of it as no this is my goal yeah I'll get there eventually it's, it's yeah. I, I can everything else I do is building towards that goal yeah and that's that's just something which I can go out for but it's not it's not the be all and end all yeah it's, it's just a it's the pie in the sky type dream. I think um, sometimes there's a tendency to definitely try and chase after something, but if you don't have an actual, like, okay, well, what is it that I want to achieve? If you don't yeah. have that kind of big... It usually comes with a giant kick in the face as yeah. well. So if you don't have that kick in the face, um, and, you know, right, let's look at this. What is going to make me happy? Yeah. Or what, what is my aim? What, what things can I actually achieve to make me happy? Yeah. If you don't have that, then you're just, you're just going to be chasing and chasing and chasing forever. Yeah. Um, 
and that's something that I've had to learn and I've had to learn I can't can't deny it I've had to learn learn it the hard way yeah because um I've been in a situation whereby I'm just floating yeah um uh, in days gone by I have just been bumbling through and floating through and then not feeling that satisfaction of self-worth more than anything Um, and actually more recently I'm in a place where I can understand what I want I can understand what my goals are Mm -hmm. and I feel like now I've actually got the tools to start to try and do it yeah which is a big turnaround for me personally yeah um but yeah it's I think it's so easy to slip into that um that want to uh to just always be chasing something being used as a chew toy (laughs) sorry I'm very distracted by dogs it's it's a bad problem it's a it's a problem it's it's we I had this the other day of of um helping someone move house and there was a dog and I spent just an hour playing with the dog it's that it's that meme where um, when a dog comes downstairs at the party, yeah, and then you're massively distracted by it. There is. <laughs> it's the thing where yeah. you say hello to strangers. But you don't say hello to strangers. You say hello to the dogs. You say hello to the dogs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You introduce yourself to the dog. I mean, at, at uh, Women in the Arts, I was um, I was really distracted by the guide dog, and obviously as a service dog, you can't touch the service dog. You can't Those are the worst. This. Oh, because they're so beautiful cute. as well. I know. <laughs> it was so well behaved. I loved it. It was so fluffy. It was ah, oh, it was the most beautiful gold um, uh, uh, German Shepherd. There we go. Most beautiful German Shepherd, and I couldn't go and hug it. No, I feel like it's that. a punishment to have such stunning dogs as service oh. dogs and do you know the service dog that was there had um, just qualified that morning yeah. as in just that morning and then um, it was the first it's time first gig yeah. Yeah. yeah he was so good he was so good he just he sat was down he so handsome with his like... little jacket on when he, when he went in to get his harness and stuff it was just so adorable I loved it I think the love of dogs is is definitely I don't know whether it's a gift or a curse because to be honest um, it, it's it's really distracting sometimes it's very distracting do you know where uh, Robin comes into the office with me mm-hmm. on school holidays because I work it's um, I work at a, a school software company okay school holidays where there's not going to be much going on the dog uh, comes into work with me every day nearly every day and um, she has a bed, she has toys, she has treats, she has all sorts. And she is the office dog. Office dogs are the best. Like, I've been in a couple of offices which have had dogs, and there's just something about them. I think it, it's that natural calming feeling which yeah. everyone has around dogs. Apart from obviously people who are frightened of dogs. But apart from that, yeah. <laughs> apart from that. There is, there is one guy in the office who steers kids. But... It was like when you messaged me, I, I did think, it was like, I, I, didn't, I never even think of it. I was like, I wouldn't have noticed. If you'd have just brought a dog, I'd have been like, cool, you've got a dog with you. That wouldn't have been a big thing for me. Just, you know, but then, yeah, I could understand if someone else would be also, like, if you know, some not people, everyone likes I, dogs. I just, wanted to, yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that everything, everything was okay. Um, I like to be conscientious, you know. Not everybody wants a dog in the face, and uh, especially when um, she likes beards so much. Oh. It was, I've been around back when I had longer hair, mm. <clears throat> down to shoulder length level mm. he used to wear a ponytail and we went to see a friend's dog and he thought my ponytail was a chew trolley uh, and kept 
going for it. I see. <laughs> he was not a small that is, dog. That is incorrect. Yes. So it's eventually having to tuck it under my shirt, but they thought I was just hiding the toy. Oh, God, it was no. Like, ah, oh, no. Ah, please leave me alone. <laughs> That's when dogs are tiring. Yeah. Right. I do find it, I kind of found it interesting to, to drag you back to the point. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Were you saying, you're feeling like you've been drifting and yeah. whatnot. But then obviously we started talking about curiosity. Mm. And see, I've never... As much as I, I've had failures, my curiosity is always what keeps me kind of on point. Yeah. If I've never had that sense of I'm just drifting because there's always something to occupy me. Yeah. But I think, like I was saying with school and school kind of instigating that want for learning. Yeah. For me, that was the biggest drift period. Really? School, I, mm. as, I did well in school, but... It was a period where I was like, it really, I felt like my curiosity was being kind of forced out of me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because you're very, you're very down the line of yes. this is what you need to achieve. Yeah. You have to study this. You need this to get this grade. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I got out of that, that's as soon as I went, oh, cool. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And I will. See, um, some people do very well within structure. Mm-hmm. Some people um, thrive outside of structure. Um, and I think it's kind of something that um, I've come to accept is that there are just different people in the world, and um, and I think there are well, there are those who are sort of middle of the road as well. But um, I think if you if you're not drifting and if you're actually sort of taking the reins, I know that sounds really um, really lame, but if you're taking the reins of your life, it can happen at any time. Some people, um, you know, they leave they leave school and they go and have a gap year and they go and, you know, they go and feed Taiwanese llamas or something like that. Um, and that that's just what they do. And they can have this amazing experience. But you can't compare yourself to that. No. Because actually, you know, your time's going to come. Yeah. Type of thing. Um, and I think there's a tendency, there's a tendency to, to uh, compare everything nowadays, especially when everything's so visual. Yeah. Um, and I think that everyone has drifting periods in their life, and then everyone at some point gets on it. Yeah. You know, just gets gets on track up oh, their their track. Um, and it's all about when. Yeah. I think it's it's always interesting. I mean, my I keep I keep telling people my parents have just retired. So, so my dad's been employed for his almost his entire life. Yeah. And suddenly has nothing to do. And oh God. he's suddenly in this gap where he's like, well, I've got my projects. Like I mean, he's, he's I building mean, a car. he's garden for 20 years. Exactly. I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's a creative person, but because he's been so structured for so long, oh. he now struggles to yeah. create, essentially. He's, he's oh, okay. kind of he's been institutionalized essentially. Yeah. This is the, the only way I could put it. So <laughs> you kind of every so often I'm kind of having to give him little things to try and bring his creative side out. Yeah. Because even his his projects which he has are quite formal. They're quite straight to the point. Like he's he's restoring um, an old stag car. Oh. Um, and nice. he, he's done that a couple of times. Or he'll he'll build something, but he draws a design. Yeah. And he'll, he'll be very precise. There'll be a proper process, process, process involved. Yeah. Okay. My parents' house is filled with pastel drawings mm. from way back when. When okay. my dad used to do pastel landscapes and and actually kind of just step outside of whatever he wanted to make just and just create. make something. Yeah. yeah. And now he's kind of just in this void. 
where he's having to relearn how to be yeah. creative, and it's incredible to watch. I mean, maybe, maybe also it could be the the fact that almost like a rebellion against the fact that there is no structure now, and that yeah. there, there could be a, a level of sort of um, uh, deep craving for that level of structure. So you know, um, when, when you get say um, to do with work, if you have a project, you've got certain processes that you have to go through, and then um, maybe um, due to the fact that he's been working so long, it could be that actually it's for him it's a good feeling to do that yeah. but ultimately you're going to get a different product at the end of it yeah. because it's a it's a linear structured project mm-hmm. as opposed to let's just whack something together let's put some colour on the walls let's do let's do this and that yeah. because whilst your life is being fulfilled with um, structure and then you have a creative outlet yeah if you suddenly don't have if you suddenly only have the one yeah so yes. there's an, a, yeah. an unbalance, which yeah. you can, yeah. can't quite, quite balance it. I, um, <laughs> I absolutely knew that I couldn't just do one thing. So if you think if you say you 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 quit your job, yeah, do you think how how long do you think you survive before you need full structure? It's hard to say. <laughs> it's hard to say. If I were to quit my job. I need something. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a doing person. I do things. You are quite... I mean, you're the only person I've had on the podcast who sent me an event invite <laughs> for my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> my Google calendar. I loved it. I kind of... As soon as we, so we decided on a date and I was like, I've got a Google. Why have I got... Oh. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to like, my podcast. I've got a meeting for my podcast. But since got a then, meeting. I've been using Google Calendar. Isn't it amazing? It is. Oh, okay. So I went to Switzerland. Um, podcast people. I went to Switzerland um, last week. Yeah. And um, I stayed with a friend. And he is... Um, he's doing a PhD at the University of Bern in nice. Switzerland. Um, he's incredibly talented, incredibly clever guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is basically uh, analysing the proteins of asteroids or whatever he's doing right yeah um so incredible work i introduced him to not only google calendar but also google assistant what's google assistant that sounds terrifying wait as in you say okay google yeah and it and then you then say oh set a reminder uh, at 10 p.m to water the fish or whatever um or you know okay google set a um uh, set an event to meet Graham yeah. for blah 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 um, and it will add it to your Google Calendar it will say okay do you want to save this and then you save it and it's in your Google Calendar right okay now even though that sounds like like a um, not I am legend that's not the right one is it no I robot type thing I robot yeah. that's the one um, uh, yeah even though it sounds like it's going to take over your life yeah um he his mind was blown. He didn't understand that this technology was there, and I was thinking, right, you. What are, are they doing in Switzerland? Are, like, come on, what is going on? Like, he, this guy used to work for the European Space Agency, right? And he doesn't know the Google. Assistant. And he doesn't know that. I mean, I can understand me now because it's, it's like realizing. I knew Google Calendar was there, but I didn't know the assistant thing was there. But Google Assistant, he's just you, can ask him, you can you he's can. He's abandoned this structure. What is <laughs> this? I mean, he has the most sort of like pristine flat everything is like scientific everything is 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 so so like clean lines everything like that and i'm thinking yep 
come on, what what is this? You you, you haven't got a calendar to organise your life. He's got a girlfriend to organise his life, and that that works pretty well. <laughs> but um, uh, I mean, she remembers like anything and everything, which is both a gift and a kiss. Yeah, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, his mind was absolutely blown. Uh, you can you can tell it to text people, you know, and various different things. See, I love that. But then, it's, isn't it also horrifying? Yes. The reason I love that is quite is is one of these things. Of, I love dystopian fiction. Oh yes. And dystopian films. Yeah. And we have this conversation quite often with between friends. Of I'd love it if the robots rose up. Yeah. Because part of me really wants to live in that dystopia, just because it's really interesting. And I realise I'd be depressed and I'd hate it. Yeah. And it would be awful because humanity would die out. But at the same time, part of me, like the curiosity part of me, goes, that'd be cool to just. What, what if the robots did rise up? What if, what if all of a sudden we had this weird little little thing we had to balance with everyone? And Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't know. I couldn't introduce that into my life, I don't think. Like, would you live in a smart house? Like, where you could have Google Assistant in every room and it could control everything in your house? I uh, know. To a schedule? Is, is that, are you willing to go that far to be within that structure? I... I probably would. Yeah. But that's because I am also quite a tech geek at the same time. Yeah. Um, just because I found it so convenient to just be able to organise my life. Basically, um, so, um, here's the thing. Yeah. Oh, Robin's got so many cuddles right so. now. Um, I forget everything. My memory is terrible. Um, and granted, it is not going to get any better uh, because I am using these uh, tools that are now available to me. Mm-hmm. However, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty terrible. Yeah. So if I say, oh yeah, I'll meet up with you on Tuesday, I will I will forget. I, you, we are not meeting up on Tuesday. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. However, uh, if I put it in my calendar. It's so, happening. It's, it's happening. It's doing it. You can yeah. do it, yeah. I can set a notification for nine hours in advance and it will, you know, for three days in advance and it will let me know. Um, and it's revolutionised everything. And I think that just because it's been so useful for me, whose memory is absolutely terrible, I am more willing to accept the slightly more creepy <laughs> elements of how much something knows about you. Okay. Um, because... I give it leniency. If it, if it meant nothing to me, yeah. I would go, oh no, that is terrifying. Um, but because it has been useful, I'm, I'm yeah, okay. I'm okay. I can I can give it a go. I'm see. I'm one of these people of, of whilst I, whilst I exist in the system, I'm not particularly comfortable in the system. Yeah, I love the idea of of, of uniformity and and most of kind of the photography I do. I, I take a lot of kind of industrial structures and I love I love that. Yeah. I love looking at industrial structures and going, someone designed this and it's the yes. ugliest thing I've ever seen, but it's gorgeous yeah. because of it. And I get that way with everything and looking at things and saying, well, you know, this I, I could have everything in my life controlled. Yeah. I could have, you know, would lights you which come on. And I would hate that. Because yeah. I love I love the imperfection in everything. Oh well, I can't I, I wouldn't be able to do with it if everything's timed. Well, the, I, have to, thing, I have like, to have an element of control. See, I, I yeah, I, I need, I don't need <laughs> necessarily an element of control. I need an, an element of accident. So the best example I can give is my washing machine. So my washing machine, I can, I can delay for okay. a few hours. So yeah. you can go, okay, I start this, that, start this in six hours, you know. Yeah. So that's fine. 
that's that's as much much tech as I need in that washing machine. Yeah. yeah. The accidental fact comes that I've not taken my washing out of that washing machine for two days after it's finished because I keep forgetting it's in there. <laughs> Whereas if there was something on it which was like, you need to open your washing machine. You need to do this. Or it sent me a thing and went, open your washing machine, empty yeah. your washer. Or it did that for me. Suddenly that element of complete accident is just gone. Yeah. And it'd be, no, I don't understand it. <laughs> I, can't. I don't get it. It's, I, need, it's... I, need to, I need to be able to make mistakes. I need to be able to make mess. And, and, and yeah. Oh, God, See no. what comes we, out we, all, we, we all need to be able to make mess. I mean, um, if it pops up on my phone, it doesn't mean I'm going to do it. <laughs> you know? Like, say, um, uh, yesterday, the day before, I had, um, I've been like, yeah, I'm going to work on this and I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I put, I've, I've put loads of stuff in, um, in for me to do. Did I do it? Any of it? No. Do you know no. what I did? Played Pokemon Sun. Uh, and <laughs> that's what I did. Because, you know, I've only just got it and it was really exciting. So, you know, let's do that. I, I mean, yeah, I've, I've been, so I've been trying to make an illustration. Okay. For about a week now. Okay. I've got the sketch. Did the sketch. Had the idea. Did the sketch. What is it of? It's, um, essentially it's for uh, crash course in brain surgeries uh-huh. next zine, and it's of, uh, it's a man's face, and then he's essentially vomiting ghosts. Nice. And then there's two people watching TV in his head. And that's that's essentially the sketch. Cool. And all I needed to do was scan it and put it in and then start working on it. But I haven't got around to that because I spent two hours this morning playing a game on my phone where I just do snowboard flips. Nice. You play as a little snowman, a snow, snowboarder. Who skis down a mountain collecting llamas? No, I, oh, I feel I feel like it would be even better if you were playing as a snowman. I mean, I'm hoping down further down the line, where you just you go down this mountain and collect llamas and you do backflips and. She's got something on her nose. It's adorable. Oh. Yeah, no, no, Papa. Sorry, my house is full of fluff. No, no worries. <laughs> She's um, um, I'm, I'm sorry, a little bit. So she's oh. like, oh, I love you. I love you so much. Um. Yeah, I think um, the 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 main thing about automation and about um, the structure of people's lives, and now this idea that you are reminded to every to do everything and time is allocated to you and things like that. There's an idea of efficiency that is supposed to be sort of taking away personalization a little bit, and actually the reality is is that you can do anything in terms of putting putting something in to remind you and everything like that but if you're just not feeling it yeah. then you, you you don't you don't have to feel guilty about that now no. that is something that I think a lot of people battle with yeah because procrastination is a beast I think that's interesting though because obviously as people what we what we fear is losing control yeah so if everything was automated and like your calendar for instance set your dates yeah and that's fine because you can ignore those. Yeah. But if it got to a point where it set your dates, ordered you a car, put you in that car, and then <laughs> sent you to the appointment, that's where you you worry because you're like, this yeah. is controlling everything. I can't turn any of this down. See, now I feel like we've gone down a little bit of a slippery slope here. But I find it interesting if you've got that, and then there's people already who have an emotional response to not being able to meet a app's demands. Yeah. So you've got people who will have a calendar and they will feel tremendously guilty about ignoring that calendar, even though it's But then surely you put it no in the first place. But then, yeah, it's, it's a weird little yeah. kind of thing. But because it's there to remind you, yeah. it, it indicates to you, 
you're, you're not you're like achieving. You've, yeah. You you've failed. failed. Yeah. yeah. And I guess actually that uh, that's a, a valid thing because I think, um, and I find this I find this a lot among creative people, okay. is that um, they're battling procrastination and they're battling um, with their own selves uh, quite often. Um, I mean, I might be generalising here, but... Uh, well, I am generalising here, <laughs> which is what everyone says when, when they're actually doing it. Um, but when people have goals um, and they have all intents and purposes of, of, of doing it, they, they really, really want to, um, to get something done, and then you're just having a crap day. You know, yeah. it kind of wor- works into sort of mental health uh, things as well. Um, and it's just not happening yeah. because you're not in the right mindset. You're not in that in that zone. Um, you got confident now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and um, I I find that, that there is definitely a guilt factor to yeah. um, a lot of things. So you you know um, a week in advance you can say right okay on this day I'm going to do this and I'm going to get this done. Boom yeah. boom boom. I'm going to be yeah. this is efficient. Like this is this could be great. And then a week later you might be in the biggest hole. Um, ever because you just can't it's something that you cannot control it's something that you don't have that you don't have that um the ability to bring bring yourself um into into the right zone that you need to be in and so there is a guilt factor yeah. and this can be you know a text from somebody saying are you you know oh, are you doing this how are you doing with blah 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 yeah. are you coming to this event um which is relevant to to linkedin at the minute um or it could literally be your google calendar going you're supposed to be doing this now. Yeah. And um, among creative people especially, there's that kind of um, ability to uh, set unrealistic goals. Yeah. Um, and then feel tremendously guilty about not meeting those those demands. I think I, I think that's not necessarily general. I think there's a truth within creatives. Yeah. Is that, so especially the whole idea of setting unrealistic goals. Yes. Is be, but it's because that you've got that thing of if you're creative, you can see the final picture. Mm, yeah. You can see how big it could be. You have this. So you've already expectation. You've already yeah. jumped through the twelve loops, which everyone's gone. Oh well, I need to rent an event. I need to do this, and you've yeah. already gone. No, it could be. Okay. We could do this four shows what, a year. Yeah, we could, you could, we could. You yeah. could do. You could do X, Y, and Z, and it's going to be incredible. Yeah. And this this whole it's almost like um, an ecstatic euphoric moment where you have a rush of energy and you go this i'm gonna do this and i can i can like look at what this could be and you can have all of that energy and then um at some point because that energy is difficult to maintain it's it's not sustainable oh definitely Uh, robin's getting big curls right now um um it's not sustainable at all yeah um and so because you've had a big peak there's also going to be a big drop yeah and ultimately, that means that if you've set all these goals during the really high time, during the low time, you're going to feel extra crap about it. Yeah. Um, and it just seems to be a bit of a cycle with creative people, definitely. I think it's an interesting one as well, because I think a lot of creative people don't recognise it, that it's a, it's a pattern, which you can take and you, that you do. Mm. Because it's one of those things, like I was saying, with like, where you, you obviously you go, you go on a high and you think have your initial idea and then suddenly you can see the end product. Yeah. Explaining that to someone who isn't creative 
so many people find so hard and you forget that not everybody does that yeah so you kind of look at people who do achieve regularly and and set themselves goals and go through and all that kind of thing and you forget that they haven't done what you've done they haven't gone oh we'll put on this thing yeah let's plan how we'll put on this thing that's that's the sensible idea to do here no yeah instead of going like you did and go let's do a thing it'll be great. We can do 10 a year and we'll throw this and we this will get this person all the time. This is official thing yeah. and I've just bought this website domain for, yeah. for the marketing and, and they, you know, they've done it that. in the, the logical way. But then they, yeah. I, I don't know, I don't know if they won't get the emotional payoff that a creative person would get from succeeding. Because to them, oh, it's just a pattern. Int- well, okay. So that's a different spin on it. Yeah. I, it's I like, didn't think about that. It's one of those things where, where if you complete a project, you get this, you get this payoff, you get this, great feeling that you've yeah. done this thing and you've achieved it and you've you've come through it and yeah it can wreck a lot of people they can't quite mm. handle it and yet for a regular person or not a regular person someone who's yeah. not creative i don't know if they would i get the feel, feel like they get a feeling of accomplishment that but... yeah that's an interesting flip side because actually i've only ever um, associated that with negative sort of connotations really yeah. um of this is the curse of being a creative person um and that almost that sort of um the the really really high and then really low points and um, i've only ever associated that with negativity um okay. whereas and you know then you can work on management and things like that yeah but um but actually there is a euphoric moment when yeah. you actually achieve something and when when something is so good yeah. but then your expectations are so high anyway that when are you going to achieve those? I don't yeah. know. I don't know whether if... Because cre- a lot of creative people have a lot of high standards. They do. Um, because they've seen that perfect image of what that's going to be. Yeah, definitely. Um, which I guess is why it's so important for creative people to support creative people. Because they can actually bring them out and go, that was incredible, do more of that. That's why I love seeing collaborations between people who are creative and people who aren't creative. Yeah. And that's that's why they tend to be the most successful. I, I, I can't remember ages ago. I found I thought of the phrase of um, find a creative person and exploit them. <laughs> if if you are a non-creative person, yeah. but you are particularly business-minded or yeah. great at planning or that kind of thing, find someone creative, yeah. exploit their creativity, yeah. and you both do very well. Yeah, because you you're combining the best of your yeah. both worlds. It's kind of. Um, having that grounding from yeah. one point and having a having a structure as we yeah. were saying before having that structure but then also letting someone um, go crazy with the project yeah. and kind of mashing it together and making something that is actually viable yeah. of course you need someone when they're doing the planning who can deal with a creative who's going up and down yeah because if you haven't got that then it, that's when it someone becomes worse lenient, <laughs> for instance someone who is lenient with you know, time management yeah. And, yeah. and things like this um yeah, um, I think there's there's got to be a level of understanding there, a level of communication, because if not, it's just going to break down. Um, but ultimately, you know, having a creative person as part of something, and then having a a, 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 structure, a more structured minded person who's part of something, yeah, um, is is definitely a key thing. Because if not, it's in, it, you've you've got to you've got to yeah. have that sweet spot of collaboration. Just thinking about it, I feel like that's the story arc to every film, which is about the start of an idea. 
ever you get one person yeah. who meets another person who happens to be very good at putting things together like the business person yeah and then the big ideas person yeah and then you know whatever and then but they roll and then they fall out midway because one of them's not appreciating the other side of but things then maybe maybe that's because it is a, a truth <laughs> universally acknowledged that that is how that's how things happen that's how uh amazing businesses get created that's how amazing ideas uh come together in terms of actually fruition because there are a hell of a lot of ideas that didn't actually uh, come out the right way because yeah. um, because it just burnt out. Yeah. Because it, it fell down from there not being actual structure. And then at the same time, I feel like maybe that suggests that everything has an end point if you started a collaboration like that. That you can't survive like that as a pairing. It's difficult to sustain. Yeah. And maintain, I imagine. It starts well, but then mm. eventually one of you is going to have to give and either one of you is going to lose creativity and it's becoming a business and yeah. and suffer for it or one of you is going to lose what you wanted for your business and the creativity Basically, overall the, and it won't survive but the uh, the long and short of it is it's not going to be pretty it's self-destructive regardless, regardless. <laughs> so basically what we're saying here podcast people is don't start anything because it's going to fail <laughs> except that everything will fail yeah, 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 yeah so go out do things but don't do things yeah don't do things because <laughs> it's not a good idea it will drive you insane but maybe it would be a good ride maybe you know? It depends if you're doing it for the experience, I guess. Are you more for the experience or are you more for the end product? That's that's a good question. I think that was kind of um, the legacy or like, the memory. That's... I feel like that needs to be printed on a t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, because I do make they're... t-shirts. Or oh, there you so, go. Uh, yeah, that's... We could start podcast t-shirts, which <laughs> podcast t-shirts. I love that. But again, that's jumping to the end point of merchandise and. and... When I started, and then I started, what, I, what is your motivation? Yeah. Is it monetary? I don't know. What have I walked in on here? I think that, that confuses people, a lot of people, especially about this podcast. So when people come on it and they're like, well, why are you doing it? Why are you doing I, it? I don't know. Just because? I, I started doing it because I could. Yeah. Essentially. Because you got the equipment or did you purchase the equipment? Um, I had a camera. Yeah. And I had a mic because I did film. Yeah. And then... Yeah, I was having coffee with a lot of people. Nice. And I thought, why not record it? Not too shabby. And then just put it out. And that's literally... I have no idea of the quality of this conversation in terms of... Um, I mean, uh, I think we're doing well. Are we doing, are we doing well? Doing well. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't got into, you know, hamsters and things yet. But... Do you, when you start projects... Yeah. Do you, because this is, this is a thing that I find with photography, or at least my photography. Okay. I never start a photography project with an idea. I get inspired by photographs I take. So I, I start, yes. I go out, take a photograph. I'm like, okay, I really like this photograph. Let's explore that yeah. more. And that an idea develops from that initial capture. It ten, it tends to be like that because I think that's, um, because you are, as a photographer, you're, you are a very visual person. Mm. Um, and so you can be inspired by something that you've taken and then you, that kind of vibe that you're going for and then it sparks something else. I don't think um, there's any way in which I could just think, hey, wouldn't it be a good idea if I did this? It's always inspired in... Um, even from, you know, it can be a photo that I've taken three years ago. Yeah. It can be a photo that I've taken, um, you know, last week, whatever. And um, I go, okay, maybe I can go along this route now. But it's always inspired by one photograph that I have actually taken. Yeah. Um, because, you know, one part of it is maybe I'm just not that forward thinking um, that I can um, that I can just go, hmm, maybe we do this. And just, just yeah. like, you know. Um, I'm sipping my tea one day, and one day I just have the, the, the most um, amazing epiphany. Um, 
about a creative project, but um, but yeah, it's always it always comes from some photo it's that I've taken. Good. Like um, there's a photo that I took recently, and um, I was kind of thinking, okay, so the lighting was really interesting in it, and it was um, it was to do with uh, uh, is it on a street festival? Okay. Um, and I thought, okay, lighting. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Robin has a lot of feelings about this. She does. Um, and it was a it was a street festival, and the the lighting was really interesting. And I thought, okay, well, how about can I work with why not wide angle photography, but with maybe flash a different way, or how can I work light a different way? Um, and I think ultimately it does come from something that you've already done, and yeah. then you, and then it can grow and grow. I think it's a, it's a thing I found interesting about working with photographers mm. of how much you you depend on inspiring yourself yeah. through practice and, yeah. and going out and doing things because we, that was in a way that's the conflict I found with doing a course which was photography based yeah. because you receive a brief and they give you a brief and they say it must fit this criteria and then they go cool so what ideas have you got for the brief? And so many people had ideas and would yeah. have a, a photo shoot in mind. And I'd sit there thinking, well, I have no idea. I need to go do something first yeah. <laughs> before you, before I can come back to this brief. You need to dick about. Yeah, I need to dick about. I need to go take some photographs. And then what I'll do is I'll, I'll twist the brief to fit whatever I want to do. Yeah. And that's how I approach projects. So it was always interesting, especially I found it with fashion photographers. Yeah. A lot of fashion photographers will come with an idea yeah. and a vision. And they'll be able to go, right? And they'll go, right, yep, yeah, I can do this. And they'll go, the flash will go there, there, and there. Mm-hmm. It'll create this. And I hate working with flash. I've never been able to get it down. Yeah. And I just can't figure it out. Yeah, I can do shadows and in illustration and drawing. And I can I can perceive between layers of illustration okay. how something will look. But flash itself. But flash, I'm like, and that's why most of my photography works with natural light. Yeah. Because I can predict natural light. Oh, natural light is <laughs> is incredible, though. Natural light is oh yeah, yeah, absolutely beautiful. I got told off at university for not using flash because I suppose yeah, but flash is sculpture at the end of the day. Yeah, I prefer tungsten. <laughs> I prefer getting a nice big hot really? light and going. I'm going to put this on, and it's just going to stay there for hours, and you're going to melt. But it's going to be great. Because <laughs> I can see exactly where everything is. Well, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something yeah. quite visible, which I can control. But the idea of a flash, I'm like, that is too... I don't know, it's unpredictable. In a way. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that I'd always wanted to master. But I, I basically, um, pretty much as a rule, I don't use flash. Right. Um, I have a flash. It's not a super swanky one, but it is a flash um, do I use it no um, because I find that natural light is so much more authentic um, but at the same time it's always something that I've wanted to maybe dabble with mm-hmm. but I've never really had the the full inspiration to go yes I'm gonna do this and I've got these ideas and yeah. things like that um, because flash um, I think there's a, there's a certain um, element of emotional scarring that you get uh, when you're first getting into photography and you go oh let's put the flash on um, and it just turns out horrendously um, yeah. because you know the, the little flash on top of your camera that pops out like it's just never going to be good um, I for a photography project that I did for um, 
uh, I did some work for a company um, to do with gelato, uh, for a company called Gelato Cool, and I had a, um, I've still got this uh, ring light that obviously you put on the, on the end of your camera, um, and I just took it off the end of my camera, still had it um, attached, running through my, um, uh, my camera there, and I just kind of, with one hand, I held my camera, with the other hand, I just moved it about yeah. um, and uh, I, I had this this wire that was only about a foot long maybe yeah. maybe like a tiny bit more and I just moved it about to see what kind of different angles yeah. I could get with the light um, because it meant that I didn't have to deal with the, with the idea of everything flashing everywhere I just sort of like oh yeah there you go there just have one yeah. up there yeah sure let's take this other shot there yeah that, that light looks good yeah cool the end <laughs> but that's that. But that's product photography where everything, has, yeah. you know, light has to be yeah. crazy. I, I, again, going back to watching random documentaries and whatnot, I th- watching food photography is the most interesting thing in the world. Food photography is not pretty. It's to not, produce. and it's insane. Mm. The, I wa- remember watching. It was a video on uh, McDonald's oh, and how they make a burger look like it does in a hurry. Right? And what they did was they went to they went to a McDonald's and they ordered a Big Mac. Mm-hmm. And then and the whole idea was obviously the one you buy doesn't look like the one in the yeah. photograph. So they took that to see whether they could make that look like the product photo. Okay. And what they had to do to go through it. And they were there for about four hours. Yeah. And they did everything from pumping air into the bread to searing extra moisture onto like outside of things and then taking the sauces and pipetting them one by one. Yeah. And, and I was watching like, this is insane. It's just for an advert for a burger. <laughs> I think, um, I mean, I've done, I've done a little bit of food photography. Um, and there's a lot of, it, it's, it's, it's not pretty to actually do. It's quite fun. Yeah. It is quite fun. But it's quite intense. Um, and especially, let's say, because I did some gelato stuff, and so you literally have a teeny tiny time frame in which it's it's looking okay. Yeah. The rest of the time, it's going to look awful. Um, so it's like you've got to have a really quick turnaround. Plus, also, um, I did some work for the marshmallow uh, naked marshmallow company, mm-hmm. and um, that was just <laughs> actually. Um, I remember just feeling so so sick because we had to eat. Well, we didn't have to, but we ate quite a lot of them afterwards. Um, and um, yeah, and the melted chocolate and everything. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, but it's um, you. You've suddenly become extraordinarily uh, bothered um, and uh, extraordinary trying to be so precise. Yeah. Um, and you're reshooting and reshooting, and um, yeah, it's um, it's pretty intense. Um, but you. But everything, everything has to be just right because yeah. with with a product as well, you're trying to sell something that is that has to be on point. Oh yeah, yeah. This yeah, this, I think for so if someone does food photography all the time, mm. I I can't imagine doing that all the time. Again, it's 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 too precise for me. I need yeah. to be able to make a mess. Yeah, I need to be able to go. Oh, it doesn't matter if that's just right. I can yeah. I can wing that and it'll give it some character. Yeah. Whereas in with product photography, it's it's so. You it's are, detailed in a way which detailed. it shouldn't be. Like, it's detailed, <laughs> and it's also you are absolutely at the mercy of the client as well. Yeah. Like um, I don't know, uh, mm-hmm. wedding photographers, you can just get you know you can uh, grow yeah. crazy with it, and they they have that emotional attachment. So it's like no, it, it, it something is going to look amazing. Like yeah. I, not that I'm, 
I don't want to downplay that, but something is going to look amazing. You've had an amazing day. Everyone's having a great time. Blah blah yeah. blah. Um, with product photography, it's like you absolutely have to make something look wholly appetizing. You have to get exactly the right theme, mm-hmm. um, and there's no sort of you, you can have creative ideas, but ultimately you are at the mercy of the client and what yeah. what they want. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's um, it's pretty intense. I think that's that's what would worry me about because I did I was self-employed for a little while. Mm doing illustration and t-shirts and stuff and I'd go back to it like I feel like I could go back to doing freelance full-time mm. but being at the mercy of clients does terrify me that one day I'd wake up and be like I I don't want to do this anymore because this isn't creative anymore yeah this is just meeting an end <laughs> she's the cutest dog <laughs> She, um, she's, she's, yeah, as I say, she's a bit of a princess. She's just sort of, um, she's adorable and pathetic as well. Like, she's pretty much scared of everything, but... I'm really stuck like that, but he's, yeah. he's a rescue. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and he does a great thing where you, you can walk into a room with him, he'll see you, he'll back away from you, and back into a wall, and then oh. scare himself. Oh, <laughs> So nothing's going on, but it's like, oh, oh, see, oh no. I've had Robin since eight weeks. Right. And um, she still managed to be scared of everything. I mean, granted, when, when she was uh, a couple of weeks old, she went in the garden and I wasn't quite watching her enough and she fell in the pond. Um, and, uh, yeah, so now she really, really hits water. She's, she's got I that. I understand that, though. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a standard thing for dogs. Yeah. I find dogs either love or hate water. There's no in between. The, the ones with little legs tend to hate water because yeah. they know that they can't actually swim. I mean, Robin can swim, but she hates it. Yeah. And uh, I, I recently, I went to, I walked down to Booth and Park. Okay. Um, and when I say recently, I don't mean recently at all. But it was, um, it was autumn, so no, I don't mean recently. At all. <laughs> um, anyway, so. Um, I mean, you wouldn't it was, believe it's not autumn, considering the snow and what we've had. Well, yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful there. It was absolutely beautiful and she loved it and there was so many leaves everywhere and she was just like rustling through the leaves. She was running and it was great. You could think of a slow-mo montage of the dog yeah. loving life. <laughs> um, and then she she tried to cross this little brook that she thought was um, was actually solid because yeah. it looked like it was just mud. Okay. Um, but turns out it was all the mank from this brook that had just like come and, and the silt that had like gone onto the top of the water and so she just absolutely fell through it um, and she was the most sad, sad dog she was the saddest little bean um, uh, and she was she was just like oh my god this is horrible and she was like scraggling and, and trying to uh, trying to get out had to like heft her out by a harness and things like that she's like oh mummy that was horrible he's picking up a soggy dog basically yeah (laughs) um yeah it was quite it was quite traumatic bless her but but again that's just yeah she's alright it's dogs being curious yeah they're gonna be curious I think maybe I don't know I don't know coming and discussing this I don't know whether it's better to be curious or not anymore I feel like we've come around to a point where you need a you need a combination of both. You couldn't live life being fully curious. Because if if you're fully curious, are you ever satisfied? No, I don't. Know. That's the thing. Oh, now that is a teacher. Would, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think um, yeah, that's. If you've never been curious, have you been satisfied? Ooh, <laughs> that's another one. <laughs> well then. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's there's some form of um, I feel like there'll be this really hipster like um, 
uh, there'll be there'll be a picture with loads of fade on it with uh, with some trees and things, and then yeah. you'll have that in like fancy white writing in the front of it. It'll be black and white. Yeah. yeah. Someone wandering through the forest. Something like that. I think. Yeah. I think. I don't know. I think every maybe everyone's as you say everyone's different. Yeah. You got to find that balance. I think so. I think um, maybe, maybe that's the key, and less less focus on achieve and find curiosity. that balance, but also understanding yourself. Yeah. Because actually, and and being okay with either being a super creative person or understanding that you need that kind of um, structure as well as we've been um, talking about. Yeah. Um, just understanding that 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 is okay, and understanding that part of you, understanding your your needs and your wants and and all of that sort of thing. I know that if I went full creative, I would not be happy. I think if I went full creative, I'd be dead within a month. Yeah. I mean, what? what I wouldn't. Do you, sub- like, I mean, that's survive. why. That's why. Um, um, I mean, Lord knows. That's why super creative people end, end up like. Well, they do end up dead. Yeah, they end up <laughs> dead. <laughs> they're like in the nice <laughs> way. They do. Um, it's like overindulgent. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, um, at the same time, if I was fully one hundred percent, if I was fully um, just structure and no no creative outlet at all, I would. Yeah. Uh, well, I would, I would jump, you know. Um, and that's why people in, in full-time office jobs do. <laughs> exactly. Just you know, yeah. they're at the water, uh, water thing. They're making the coffees or whatever, and then they just jump. Yeah. Um. So you've got to find that balance, but be okay with that. Yeah. I think that's good. I think that's a nice end end point to this podcast. Yeah. You think? Yeah. yeah. I like it. Find, find your balance. Find your balance. Be okay with yourself, guys. <laughs> It's okay not Such to be okay. Such a feel-good okay. podcast, even though it's called <laughs> Yelling at Concrete. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you for coming. No worries. Hope you enjoyed it. Mm. I'll uh, send you a, a, a completion email on Google Calendar. <laughs> I'm expecting every guest to send me that now. Absolutely. That's going to be a thing. But thank you for coming. And, uh, no problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the coffee. You're welcome. And we'll hey. talk to these guys later. Nice. Bye. Bye.